Well, good morning. Good morning. It's so good to have you all uh, here this, I call it a weekend, but it's kind of a bit more than a weekend, right? Um, which is very nice to have an extra day. An extra day makes a big difference because most groups, they come and they're here, get here, you know, Friday afternoon, they leave Sunday afternoon, and just having that one extra day, so you get two full days, makes a big difference. Um, so anyway, it's really good. And my name is Mike Romberger, and I have the privilege of being the president and CEO here. And as I mentioned last night, uh, I've been here almost five years. May will be five years. And uh, I came from being a pastor in Colorado. But I've been coming to Mount Hermon since I was six years old. Mom and dad uh, brought us up to family camp from Southern California. And we started coming uh, back, back in those days. It was like one summer here, and then one summer at Hume Lake, and then Mount Hermon, then Hume Lake, then Mount Hermon, then Mount Hermon, then Mount Hermon, then Mount Hermon. And, and literally 45 straight years, maybe, in a row that my family's been coming. And so it's about 50 all together, which is kind of amazing to think about. And my entire family still comes in the summer except for my mom and dad now. They uh, can't health-wise, but they're still alive. We almost lost my mom a few months ago, but she's hanging in there at the moment. And in fact, next weekend, I'll be going down to get to go see them. They're still in the LA area. And uh, we have four kids. Uh, we are in four time zones. We have a son who's in college in Virginia. We have a daughter who's in college in Illinois. We have two grown daughters and a son-in-law who are in Denver, where we came from, and a grandchild on the way, first one. So June, June 3rd is the due date, and um, Jane will be back there, and I will, during, I'm sure it'll be right in the middle of staff training, we'll say it's too bad staff, um, but I got something else to go see for a day or two, and then, and then come on back. But, um, and it's very nice of Luis to uh, take my notes and uh, just speak on uh, exactly what, exactly some of the things I can speak on. And he has far more ability and uh, seniority on the subject than I do. But I want to start us off with prayer and then we'll, we'll jump on in. So let's, let's pray. Lord, thank you for this, this beautiful morning that you've given to us this weekend together. And for each one that's in this room, Lord, they're here because they want to be. This is a choice. And so, Lord, I pray you use the, this time for your purposes and glory in each one of our lives. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So I want to walk you through a little bit of my own personal journey um, and you say, why, why would I speak on this, maybe? And there's a few times in my life these days when I feel on the younger side and all comers is... One of those. Um, <laughs> um, I, I am 56. I came here at age 51. And, um, but I think a lot about aging, and I think a lot about having impact later on in my life. That, that matters a lot to me, and it's why I want to talk about this subject. And, and yet, I'm on the, maybe the, the earlier side of, of that. But I don't want to like pack it in at age 65 and, and retire and be done. I just want a lot more to my life than, than that. And if you retired at 65, it doesn't mean you packed it in. I just want to be clear about that. And in fact, maybe you retired at 60 but haven't packed it in. Um, but I just don't want to do that. So when I turned 55 a little over a year ago, and I'm going to share this with you in, in a little bit, uh, but at, at, at 55, on that day, 
I wrote down, I took out my phone and I just wrote down um, what do I need to do for in the next 25 years to st- still have significant impact in, in the lives of others for the Lord. And so I began to really think about it and like, what do I need to do now to make sure that when I get there, if the Lord would allow me to have those years, that I would still be uh, vital and impactful for, for him. And that's where this has come from, um, this, this seminar, and just my own journey w- with it. Um, like I said, we're gonna be finally into the grandparenting world, so that's gonna add a new uh, wrinkle and enjoyment to, to this stage of our life. And then I had a, a crisis moment uh, about two months ago. I went to the DMV. That's a crisis moment in and of itself. But I went, I went to the, the DMV and I did the real ID. You know what that is? You have to have it now by next October. You can't travel without a passport and all that stuff. So, okay, I'm going to go do it. And I got there. And, and then I was filling out the stuff on the computer and all these questions. And then it comes to this question. Hair color. <laughs> and I sat there for a while. Like, what do I put? Because there wasn't like salt and pepper. It was just like brown or black or red or gray. There, there wasn't a blonde. There, there just wasn't like an in-between. And so I just finally, after literally like two minutes, okay, gray. It's gray. Because a lot more gray is coming in, and it's just all the more. And every time I get my hair cut, I tell somebody a little bit ago, I get my hair cut, you know, just all this gray keeps falling down. And I'm like, oh, I got so much gray. And they're like, well, at least you got hair. I'm like, okay, that's good, that's good. (laughs) So what I want us to do at the beginning, and I know we're in rows, but I want you just to turn to a person or two next to you, and I want you to answer the two questions that you have there on your sheet. The first one we're gonna do is, who do you know who is currently over 80 and is an inspiration to you? Okay, I'm gonna ask you to not include one person. And that's Luis Palau, because we could all say him this weekend, right? That's the first question. Who do you know who is currently over 80 and is an inspiration to you? And then the second question I want you to answer with somebody around you is the older people you know who are vibrant, making a difference, and having an impact, what are some of the reasons why? Why are they having an impact? So first, who do you know who is currently over 80 and is an inspiration to you? Secondly. Those that you know who are, what makes them that way, okay? What makes them vibrant and alive? So just turn to a few people around you, have that discussion, and then we'll get back together. So let's hear, uh, I don't want to share, have a share of the first uh, answer because that's personal for each one of you, but just a few of the a few of the, what makes a person vibrant, having an impact when they're older, why? I mean, just share a few things of, of what you see, why? Or how? They don't check out. They don't check out? Yeah, stayed active in ministry after they retired from ministry. Good. Mm-hmm. Very highly relational. Yes? They're still sharing things God's teaching them. Yeah, yeah, still sharing things God's teaching them. Yeah. Staying active. Good. Perseverance. Perseverance. Yeah. Yes. Forward looking. Uh huh. Looking forward versus back. And may I add, I mean this, coming to a conference at Mount Hermon. 
I mean, seriously, you could choose just to hang out at home and not get out and hassle with it, but here you are. Here we are. <laughs> so we're going to look at Caleb, and we're going to look at Caleb this, this morning, Caleb in the Old Testament. If you want to, if you have a Bible, you can turn already to Numbers chapter 13. We'll be there in just a moment. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, book number, your fourth book, chapter 13. We, uh, when we had our children, we had a boy's name picked out and a girl's name picked out. And for all four of our kids, we didn't want to know what they were until they showed up. Uh, because Jane's philosophy was there's only so many surprises in life. This is a special one. Let's just wait. And so for our first kid, we had the names picked Megan um, or Caleb, and Megan showed up. And then for our second kid, we had the name Aubrey or Caleb picked, <laughs> and Aubrey showed up. And then for our third kid, we had Noel or Caleb picked, and Noel showed up. <laughs> and so our fourth kid, we had Lauren or Caleb picked, and Caleb showed up. <laughs> That's the kid that we weren't expecting to show up. Well, by the time he did, we expected it, but uh, we were done after three, gave all our baby stuff away, and then here came the fourth. But by the fourth, you just get used stuff. It doesn't really matter anyway, right? You don't have to have all the special stuff. But we loved Caleb in the Bible because of who he, who he was and his character and the fact that he went strong to, to the end. You probably know the story well, but Caleb and Joshua were the two spies who went into the promised land with the other 10 spies, 12 spies, one from each tribe. And uh, they had different perspectives on what they saw, right? 10 verses 2. Again, you know the story, but I think it's worth uh, looking at again, verse 25 of chapter 13. At the end of 40 days, they, the 12 spies, returned from spying out the land. And they came to Moses and Aaron and to all the congregation of the people of Israel in the wilderness of Paran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we came to the land to which you sent us. It flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. So what you told us is right. It's a great land. However, the people who dwell in the land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. And besides, we saw the descendants of Anak there. Those are the giants. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the Negeb. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the hill country, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the Jordan. They're strong, they're powerful, they're big, they're fortified. Land is great, but the rest of this is bad news. And then verse 30, these two words, but Caleb, but Caleb, but Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and occupy it, for we are well able to overcome it. Totally different way of perspective with it, right? Then the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. So they brought to the people of Israel a bad report of the land that they had spied out, saying, the land through which we have gone to spy out is a land that devours its inhabitants, and all the people that we saw in it are of great height, Get this, and there we saw the Nephilim, the sons of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, and we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers, and so we seemed to them. Compared to them, we're like grasshoppers, we're like tiny, and they saw us that way too. Right? So you have two guys, Joshua and Caleb, who see it one way, ten guys who see it another way, therefore, 
the majority must be right. Right? Isn't that how it works? I was told by some youth pastor when I was a teenager, he told us, he said, often in the Bible, more often than not, you see in the Bible that the majority are in the wrong. I've always remembered that. And sure enough, in this. So, question here. It says that Caleb has a different spirit. Let me read this verse to you. This verse, my wife Jane painted on our son Caleb's wall in our home in Colorado. The people who bought our home had this on the wall. Um, And then they painted everything from what I understand. But Caleb has a different spirit. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land into which he went and his descendants shall possess it. Caleb had a different spirit than the others. What does it mean to have a different spirit? Different than what? Different than who? So, the 10 spies didn't truly believe in the promise of God. Two did. 10 spies saw the obstacles and not the possibilities. 10 spies didn't see God as Caleb did and saw themselves as grasshoppers versus the giants being much smaller than a huge God. So how does a person get a different spirit? By hiding God's word in one's heart, by allowing God's spirit to work from the inside out, being inspired by other people who have a different spirit. And Caleb saw things from God's perspective because, as we will see, he was wholly devoted to the Lord. We saw a, he saw a giant difference than the others did. I mean, how big is a giant compared to God? Like a grasshopper, right? It's all in your perspective. So Caleb had this different spirit, a different perspective. So I turned 55 a year ago, like I said, and I'm thinking about what will it take for me to have a different spirit as I go into these next years of my life? And on that day, I wrote down, as I mentioned, on my phone, a list, which I have looked at a lot since then, and I have a list, I have a list for you. So this is the title I put on my phone, How to Live These Next 25 Years to Stay Vibrant and Have Influence. That was my, it wasn't like I was trying to write anything for anybody else, it was just for me. Then I wrote a list. Keep Jesus first and be thirsty to know him deeper. By the way, I'm amazed that I've been studying God's word my whole life, but really studying it since seminary and beyond. I learned stuff all the time. You never can figure it all out, and there's always greater depth to know, right? To date Jane and find new ways to nourish and cherish her. She was pretty upset with that one on my list. <laughs> we, you know, Valentine's Day, yesterday was kind of busy, right, for us? So what do we do on Thursday? Took her to Carmel, went out to Point Lobos, went into Carmel, did some shopping without buying my favorite kind. 
had a nice dinner at a restaurant, had a wonderful day together. Still got to nourish, still got to cherish. Regular exercise. Get into that a little bit later. Try new things. Try new things. I'm not good at that. Because I hear this about men more than women. We kind of like to do only what we're really good at. And if we try things that are new, we might not be good at them, so why try them? Get some hobbies. I realized we've been empty nested for a year and a half, kinda. We had a semester, really only a year. We had a daughter who was, had health issues, had to be home for a semester. So we've only been empty nested for a, a year now, and I realized something. My hobby was our kids. Like, that's what I did. So I gotta figure that out. Take some restful vacations. Don't just go, 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 because I go, 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 go all the time in my normal life. Keep working even after retirement. That was mentioned. Keep active, keep being involved, keep having an impact, keep working. Pour myself into our adult kids and eventual grandkids. I love doing that. It's just too bad they live all over the place, which gets very expensive, by the way. Keep preaching. I like to, I, you know, if I'm 85 and still preaching, that'd be incredible. I don't know if anybody will be there, but I'll be preaching. Increase my sense of adventure instead of decrease it. Be grateful. I want to keep being grateful. Look around at what I can be grateful for. I think this is one of the things I see in some people that are older that are just like, what happened? You're not grateful anymore. All you can see is what's wrong. Laugh a lot. Travel. You know, I, I've traveled now to 15 countries, and every time before I go, I can talk myself out of it if I want to. Because I don't know what I'm getting into. It's that lack of sense of adventure. And then when I get there, I'm always glad I went. Always glad I went. Always glad to come home, too. <laughs> Dream big dreams. Talked about that today. Dream big dreams. Why not? We have a big God. Mentor younger leaders. Karen, you brought that up. That's one of the things I love about having some gray hair is younger leaders want to spend time with you. They want to, they want to get some input from you. So, okay, that's my list. But then, that was to get to 80. That was 25 years for me. That was to get to 80. And then, after I wrote that list, last year, I ran into some people. I ran into a guy that maybe some of you might know. You might know the name. His name is Pete Deist. Pete Deist um, is he's either 82 or 83. And Pete, last summer, was up at Ponderosa Camp, week one. It's called High Camp. And Pete has been leading High Camp for 59 years, 50 straight years at Mount Hermon, week one. He's in his 80s, and he's leading high school students to come to camp for a week and pouring his life into them. He's 82, and he's full of life. I just, I was so impressed by that. Last summer, um, here at Mount Hermon, there was a guy reading, and I was talking to him, and he was showing me this book that, that he was reading and how much he was learning from it, how much he was enjoying it, and the things that was touching his heart. And I said, sir, I need to ask you, how old are you? Because I could tell he wasn't young. And he said, I'm 89. And he was excited about what he was learning, 89, and that impacted me. And then there's a man that, 
He, uh, in the last few years, has been our largest contributor financially to this ministry. Significant. And uh, he's in his 80s. And he said to me, he's 83, he said to me, he goes, when I turned 80, I asked God for 10 more years. Give me 10 more years where I can influence a lot of people and to use my money to have an impact for the Lord. And uh, I can't go into specifics of what he does because he wants it all very confidential and private, but here and other places where he is just using his resources and his heart. He goes, I want to do this till I'm 90. God, he's asked God for that. And then I was on an airplane, Jane and I were on an airplane, we're gonna go see our son. He goes to Liberty University on the East Coast in Virginia. And uh, we were on a little plane from Charlotte, because the only way to get to Liberty, to, to Lynchburg, is from Charlotte. There's only like four flights a day, only through American Airlines, from Charlotte to, to Lynchburg. It's the only way you get there, unless you want to drive a long way. So we're on that plane, and as we're getting off, we're standing you know, in the aisle of this little plane, like two on one side, one on another, those kind of planes. Um, there's this man, and I have a Liberty shirt on, which I've spent tens of thousands of dollars to buy. Um, <laughs> they did not give it to us. And, and he says, are you a professor? This older gentleman says, are you a professor at, at Liberty? I said, no, I'm, I'm a dad. I'm here, we're here to see our son and all that. And he goes, oh. He goes, yeah, I, I you know, used to be on uh, faculty and all that. So anyway, then we were, Caleb greets us, and we were by the luggage thing. And I said, oh, yeah. And I, was, I pointed out this man. I said, yeah, he, he used to be on faculty. So he sees me, pointing at him, and he comes over. And he introduces himself to Caleb, and he says, I'm Elmer Towns. Now, you might not know who that is. Elmer Towns has written like 150 books, preaches all over the place, was one of the founders of Liberty University with Jerry Falwell, big mover and shaker, 86 years old. And, and so um, I, I asked him how, how old he is, and, I, and he said, yeah, I just came from, I forget which seminary, where he was, where he was teaching a doctoral program at 86. And I'm like, that's incredible. So I have moved my to 90. I really have. Like, why stop at 80 when it can go to 90? And these, these people have really impacted me. And then I'm around Luis. You know, the only reason I know Luis is because I'm the, the leader here. I never knew Luis before this, and I would have never met him and anything like that. And I've gotten now, we've gotten to have him in our home, and Jane and I were like, what has happened to her life that Luis Palau was in her home, right? People like this just impact us so much to see them alive in, in, this, in this incredible way. So I've adjusted my sights to 90. And we get to 90 if that happens, we'll go, go from there. So what can we glean from Caleb's life at age 85? We talked about that today. So what I want us to do is turn now to Joshua chapter 14. So you go Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Joshua 14. Now we're going to get some real practical nuts and bolts of, of five characteristics of an older person uh, of impact. So let's read this. And it was already read before, but can I read it again? Because I just think it's always good to get into it as it is. So we'll go with verse 6 of chapter 14. So now, you know, they're in the promised land, and Caleb wants an assignment. He goes to Joshua who he knows very well. And he goes to him for his assignment. Verse six, then the people of Judah came to Joshua Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, 
You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, in Kadesh Barnea concerning you and me. You know about this, Joshua. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me to Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I wholly followed the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land in which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly followed the Lord my God. And now behold, verse 10, Behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said these 45 years since the time that the Lord spoke this word to Moses, while Israel walked in the wilderness. And now, behold, I am this day 85 years old. So 45 years from that day, I am still as strong today as I was in the day that sent Moses, the day that, um, that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and for coming. So now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on the day how the Anakim were there with great fortified cities. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. Love that. Then Joshua blessed him, and he gave Hebron to Caleb of Jephunneh for an inheritance. Therefore Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. Now the name of Hebron, uh, formerly was Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man among the Anakim, and and the land had rest from war. From these verses, we're going to look at five characteristics of an older person of impact. And you've already said some of them, so we're on track. Number one, all in. He was all in. All in with the Lord and all in with the mission. In fact, the descriptions that we see here of him in verse 8, look at this. Caleb said of himself, I wholly followed the Lord my God. Moses said of him, verse 9, you have wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 14, Joshua says of Caleb, he wholly followed the Lord, the God of Israel. He's all in, wholly. Other translations of this word are wholeheartedly, or fully, or totally. All in, in all ways, at all times. Now, our son Caleb is 20, but one of the things as I describe our Caleb is this. He's an all-in kind of guy. I don't know how God has wired people and how it fits with their, the namesake that they've been a part of, and we never said, you need to be all-in because Caleb was all-in. He's just one of those kind of guys. I just find that really fascinating. I think it's really cool. Sometimes that comes back in ways that are difficult, right? And other ways, it's like amazing what happens with, with that. But he's all in. Holy followed the Lord my God. I love how Louise talked about that this morning. When we are wholly in with the Lord, things are different. And God uses us in ways that he doesn't when we're half in. I mean, you know that verse in the Bible, in the context in, in the Chronicles, of talking about Asa the king, but it's, it's talking about, and, and God looks to and fro throughout the whole earth to find those whose hearts are completely his, are holy. And he takes those people and he taps them on the shoulder and says, I'm going to use you. I got you. I'm going to use you because you're all in. You're all in. 
And here's the truth. So many people flame out in the second half of their life. The second half of their life. We let our guard down. We think we're owed something. We, we get tired. We, we're, we're tired of, of the battle. We're tired of having the courage, once again, to stand up to things. We're, we, we just think we're entitled to things. We're able to just maybe have other people do things for us because of our, our level of, uh, you know, of leadership or money that we have. And it's easy to just kind of let our, God, our guard down and not be all in. We back off. We let the younger people do it. It's their turn to do it. And there's times for that in certain things. But there's never a time to not be all in. All in. A side note, and um, I'm sure we could get off on this one. I never, f- I never felt as a pastor I ever was able to fully engage some of the senior adults in our church as they felt that they had been put on a shelf. Like they wanted to have a big impact, but we're like, well, let's go with the younger. And at times I feel like I was maybe a part of that as a leader of not harnessing to the level that we should have some of those who were more experienced. And maybe you feel that way at your own church, I don't know. It's, it's a hard line to figure out sometimes. So characteristic of a person of impact, number one, all in. Number two, live with purpose. Live with purpose. Verse 10, he says, the Lord has kept me alive just as he said these 45 years since Moses while Israel walked in the wilderness. God gave me a promise He told me this was gonna happen. He's kept me alive all this time. I have a purpose, and I'm gonna go do it. He's got purpose in his life. He's been sitting on his hands for 45 years. I can't imagine what it would have been like for him to wander in the wilderness when he told them, no, let's not do this, and they did it, and God wiped out an entire generation, all of his friends basically gone. He's ready to go. He's kept his purpose after all this time. Why should our purpose no longer be there just because we get older? Why should that change as age comes about? So God promised Caleb, Numbers 14, a future and allowed him to stay alive to be able to do it. And most of us want our lives to count, but let's just be real honest. So... Outside my door, I sometimes think that I have a red light that twirls and says, bring me your big problems. (laughs) Just bring them to me. The bigger the problem, the, you know, just come on on down. Because that's what the the corner office gets, right? Um, And there are days when I think, wouldn't it be nice to not have those things coming into my life. Wouldn't it be nice to be involved in things but not have problems? (laughs) Which, by the way, I think is impossible. Maybe a, a less level of problems would be someday down the road. But I'm like, I got a lot of years left of problems. 
I will also say this. On the other side of the really big problems, when God really comes through in a big way, those are some of the most satisfying and thrilling things. On the other side of the hardest things, when you see God work and God act, that's when you go, now that was worth doing. That was worth being a part of. In fact, uh, the church that I pastored in Colorado called Mission Hills, they invited me back to be a part of their 75th anniversary. I was not the founding pastor. Um, the, the, the 75th anniversary. This is when you know you're not the present guy, but you're the previous guy. They said, we want you to, I was there for 14 years. We want you to share like, all the you know, great victories of what God had done in those 14 years. And I said, okay, how much time do I have? They said, five minutes. <laughs> That's how you know you're the old guy. So I just, I just shared one. I just went down to one. But while I was thinking through what to share, I began to think of all those things that we worked on that were so hard, and we, we stepped out in faith, and we got a lot of criticism, but we got to the other side of those, and it was on the other side of the faith, on the other side of the risk, where we saw God do the most work, on the other side of it. But I get, the, I get tired of the burden and the courage to keep facing those things, and I'm sure you can concur with that. That's why the call of God is so important, and so important to me personally. Um, Caleb had a very clear call of God that gave him purpose in his life. The call of God. And, and people say to me, especially people that don't know Mount Hermon, and there's people from Colorado that just like, so how long are you gonna do the camp thing? <laughs> like, you're gonna come back and you know, do the pastor thing again, right? You're not. And it's like, I will, I will be here until God this is otherwise. It's the only way to do it. God called. God can uncall and put you somewhere else. But you don't go anywhere until that call's been changed, no matter how hard or wonderful it is. I talked to a lady um, just a, a few months ago. We were back in Colorado for Christmas time. She was from the church I pastored. She found out we were in town. She wanted me to give her a call, so I did. She had uh, lost her husband a few years before. He'd been an elder at her church. And she said to me, she goes, I just feel lost. I feel lost. And I moved into a retirement center, and Joe's been gone for a few years now. I just, don't even, I just, I just feel so depressed. And, and I said, well, what are you doing like, with your days? What are, you, what are you doing? Well, I watch TV, and I do this or that. I said, well, are you serving? I said, you have so much to offer people. Are you serving? She said, no, I'm not serving. I said, well, why don't you go serve? Why don't you, why don't you go touch some people's lives? Because you're really good at that. Why don't you go do that? So I haven't followed up with her yet, but I have her, I have her you know, name and phone number on my desk, and I thought I'd give it a few more months, and then I'll give her a call and say, are you, are you jumping in there with purpose? Have purpose. Okay, better keep going. Number three, remain active. Remain active. Verse 11, he says this. Now, let's just say this is not normal. 85-year-old says, I'm still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength now is as my strength was then for war and for going and for coming. Okay, that's not a normal comment from an 85-year-old comparing himself to when he was 40. And I don't know hardly any 85-year-old who would ever say that, although I hear people do say sometimes, I just feel great and strong and I feel so much younger than, than I am, which is nice. And some people don't have that ability because of health issues. It's just the realities. But... It does go to show that physical fitness and exercise and staying physically active is important 
It's always important, but it's really important as, as we get older. A very practical point. Be active, physically active. Even around here, um, I, I love to walk, fast walk. That's, that's my most favorite exercise. Um, whenever I jog, I, think it's, I can go jog and pray. My only prayer would be, God, get me back alive. You know? So it didn't really help my prayer life. Um, but a fast walking for a long time, and God speaks to me and all that. So I was doing that around here. I mean, who wouldn't want to walk around here, right? But problem, when you're the leader, a lot of wonderful people want to stop and have a chat. So that hurts the exercise. And then as leader, you also see stuff that aren't right, and you want to you know, get on your phone. And, 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 and then sometimes it's like raining here, like it rains a lot here. So I finally got a gym membership a year ago. And I go into Scotts Valley, just, just a few miles away, and, and I go, but I've got to do that. I learned this a long time ago. I used to go in the office, not here, but when I was a pastor. I used to go in like at 6.30 in the morning. I love that time when nobody else was in the office and just get a lot of things done. But I wasn't taking care of myself physically. I just got to, I got to do that because I naturally can you know, be a little chunky. And so I'm just like, I got to do that. And so, but I was afraid I was not going to get all my work done. But I still went ahead and started doing that. Guess what I learned when I started working out? I couldn't get my, done, my job done either way. Seriously, I know you're saying, oh, you got your job done better. Not really. I still never had enough time to get my job done. So if you don't have enough time to get your job done, take care of yourself in the process. Does that make sense? So just recently, um, I was in Pismo Beach. I went away for three days, just two weeks ago, um, because I just need to clear my head on some stuff. I used to do this every year uh, in Colorado, go up to Estes Park. But I just needed some time to think and to pray and to plan. Or else I'm just reacting all the time. I don't want to be a reactionary leader. I want, I want to have some purpose in, in my leadership. And so I wrote out all the things I wanted to accomplish. And it was three and a half pages of things. And so I literally set that aside and said, okay, that's not going to work. I just need to spend time with the Lord. And I walked the beach and read and I prayed. And, and I shared with Jane when I got back three things that God really put on my heart. Number one, he said, follow me with all your heart. Number two, love Jane fully, nourish and cherish her. And number three, take seriously your own health. I told Jane that. She goes, she, he told you nothing about Mount Hermon? I'm like, no, no, no. See, if I do that, we'll be fine. I know that. If I do that, we will be fine as a ministry. So be involved with exercise. Exercise, we know this, right? Takes away stress, gives me more energy, keeps my heart healthier, gives me a better frame of mind, helps me sleep. All those things are good if you can do it. Some not be able to because you just can't because of how the challenges you have physically, but if you can, make it an effort and do a little sweating no pain, no gain, right? All right, there's your pep talk. Number four, characteristics of a person of impact, all in, live with purpose, remain active, take initiative. Take initiative. Don't wait for everybody to come to you. Take initiative. Verse 12, Caleb says to Joshua, now, so now give me this hill country. 
Sounds very demanding, right? Give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. For you heard on that day how the Anakim were there with great fortified, fortified cities. The giants are there. The cities are fortified. Give me the high country land. I want to take it. Think of that. High country, the most challenging terrain. Giants, the most powerful. Fortified cities, walled weapons, soldiers. And Caleb's taking the initiative. Now give me this, he says in verse 12. And I think sometimes we can wait around and just wait to be asked. But if you've got a fire in your belly to go do something, take initiative and go do it. Find a way to do it. Maybe it won't be in your church or some other way. Maybe it's in your neighborhood. Maybe it's in your workplace. Maybe it's with your grandkids. Take initiative and just go and find a way to do it. Caleb asked for the hard assignment, steepest terrain, largest people, strongest cities. He's not afraid of adding hassle and problems to his life. And that impresses me. That impresses me. He's not looking for the easy way. He wants an impact until the end. And here's the truth. Passive people don't make a difference. They don't. They're nice. They don't cause problems. (laughs) They don't make a difference. All in, live with purpose, remain active, take initiative. And the last characteristic of a person of impact is demonstrate faith. Demonstrate faith. Demonstrate faith in a great God. So he says this in verse 12, it may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall drive them out just as the Lord said. This is a picture of faith. Look at this. The Lord will be with me. I shall drive them out. That's not an arrogant statement. It's a statement of faith and belief, just as the Lord said. In between, the Lord will be with me, and just as the Lord said, I will drive them out. I will drive them out. Caleb is not arrogant. He's confident in his faith in a great God. Demonstrate faith. I loved what Louis said about that. I don't need to say anything more about that. He just hit that so well last night and this, this morning in such great ways. So I want to share with you something on my heart about all of this before we're done, okay? This has been on my heart for a long time, and I've shared it over the years with people that I've led, and yet I haven't shared it here. So I want to share it. I want to share it today. So older people just by the nature of age, are the closest to going to heaven. As far as death, right? Or to hell. We had, at the church I pastored in Colorado, right down the street, literally within a mile's distance, a massive retirement center. It's gargantuan. They called it the cruise ship. Seven restaurants, seven dining halls. It's, it's like a college campus, kind of, without all of the classroom space and gyms and all that. It's, 
And it's up on the hill and overlooks the Rocky Mountains. It's phenomenal. And I, at times, tried to get our seniors to, what could we do to infiltrate, to influence, to impact those people right down the street from us? And one of the reasons is because most of them won't be around too much longer. And if they don't know Jesus, they're going to spend an eternity in hell. So here's my phrase. Older people reaching older people for Jesus Christ. Now certainly, these are some of the hardest people to reach because they've been set in their ways for 70, 80, 90 years. And if they haven't turned to Jesus yet, why would they now? Except they are dealing with their mortality in ways that they have never before. Health issues, health scares, and just they just know. It's getting to be time. When uh, we were there at Christmas time, we went there, Jane and I did, and our daughter Aubrey to visit two dear ladies that are very special to us. One has traveled with us on a few mission trips. Another was the a previous senior pastors at our church's wife, who's still at the church, and she's around 90 years old. And you know what? When we were at lunch, she's telling us story after story. Her name's Jackie. Telling story after story. Of, yeah, this person, you know, I, uh, we spent time doing this, and I told her about Jesus. And this person, I told him about Jesus. And she was just telling people about Jesus. That's what she does. And the way she talks about it, she wasn't bragging about it. just what she does. They have a chapel service there. Pastors come in and, and talk. Bring people in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I, I don't know how to do all of this, but I'd love to say this to, to, to those who are older, to take this seriously and to try to reach older people for Jesus Christ. To tell them about him and tell them about the plan of salvation and tell them about heaven and the alternative if they don't turn their life over to him. So, you know, when Kobe Bryant and his daughter died and the other seven in that helicopter, that was massive news. I don't know Kobe personally, and I don't know his spiritual condition, although I haven't heard anything about the spiritual with all of that. And people were talking about what a tragedy, and, and certainly very sad. But what I thought about more than anything else, there's a good chance he's in hell. And it was a number of years ago when God began to impress on my heart a heart for lost people that changed the trajectory of the way that I led as a pastor. It changed our church dramatically. It changed the results in believing in a big God and has changed um, just our own personal dialogues with people. And it's one of the reasons that I'm so sold on this ministry because this ministry helps Children, youth, adults have an opportunity to hear the gospel and to get left to Christ. I would love to see a list in heaven, which I'm sure there won't be, a list in heaven of all the people at Mount Hermon over 114 years now who, because of the ministry here, have given their life to Jesus Christ. Wouldn't that be incredible? It's one of the amazing things that happen in camping ministry that often doesn't happen in other places. That's why I believe in this place so much. So, We've got to be reaching people for Jesus Christ. And that in and of itself is a good enough 
mission for us as older people. I'll leave it at that. So, characteristics of an older person with impact, all in, live with purpose, remain active, take initiative, demonstrate faith. And then I just added at the end there, older people reaching older people for Jesus Christ. Now just remember, tomorrow, this seminar is exactly the same. So if you want to come back, you can, but it's not a part two, all right? That's all I got, (laughs) all right? I'm going to close this in prayer, and then lunch is in a few minutes, and thank you for allowing me to share my heart with you guys. Lord, thank you for... Lord, thank you for the opportunity we have to grapple with issues and to think through things in this environment where you're the center. Lord, um, I've heard said by many older people, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's no easy matter to be getting older, and, and getting older is not for wimps and all those kinds of comments, and it's so true. There's a lot of hard things that come with it, but Lord, there's a lot of joys that come with it too the people we get to impact and the, the lives we get to touch and, and grandchildren when they come. and Lord, I pray that we truly would be people of impact for you no matter how long you allow this to be on this, this, earth, this earth, Lord. That we'd be purposeful and we'd be all in. We'd be all in with you and we have big faith and a big God to do big things for you that will keep dreaming, keep impacting and we'll care about lost people. Thank you, Lord. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.